Welcome to Malcolm Reed's How to Barbecue Right, a podcast where we talk about barbecue, share recipes, and discuss all things delicious. And now, here's your host, Malcolm and Rochelle Reed. Hey, welcome back to the How to Barbecue Ride podcast. I'm your host, Malcolm Reed. And right across from me, I got my lovely wife, Miss Southern Shell. We got Tyler to my left over here running the board, and we're back for another episode. How's everybody doing? Good, good. good. Another have day. A, have a good weekend. Heck yeah. <laughs> no, you I, I, I know you're going to say no because you had a house full of kids again. And you and left I, me. And I was a road warrior. <laughs> After the podcast last week, me and Mikey jumped in the truck and took off. Yeah. Before we get into all that, real yeah. quick, you're doing a rib demo, Cleveland, Mississippi on October 13th. It's a fundraiser for the local junior league. They're doing a kids' Christmas event. We're helping them raise money for that. Um, it's only 25 bucks. It's a rib demo. Uh, Proceeds going to the Junior League of Cleveland, Mississippi? Yes. Um, I don't think it's just proceeds. I think it's the whole 25 bucks. The whole 25 bucks, yeah. Okay. I'm not. I'm doing it just out of the kindness of my heart because <laughs> I want to go to Cleveland. <laughs> I've never been. So um, they have – so they've got this big Delta barbecue battle going on. It's an NBN sanctioned contest, and I think it's like – Ties in five contests, maybe, that are in that kind of Delta area, Delta region of Mississippi. Are they all in the fall? Uh, No, there's been some of them already. So some of them are yeah. maybe in the spring I don't, or I don't, I don't know. I know, like, Rural, the Pig Picking, the Oktoberfest, the, and I, I don't know which all ones it is, but yeah. I know there's several of them that ties in, and I'm not really sure how you win it. I, I think, think it's a, like a yeah. – I don't know if it's – is it your best three – highest three scores prelim, not finals, at any NBN category. So it's ribs, whole hog, or pork shoulder. And of so, those five – I think you only have to cook three of the five, really, to have a shot at winning. They're just going to take the highest prelim scores, and that's who's going to be crowned to – Technically, you only can Delta. you only have to cook three yeah. to qualify. Well, you better yeah. cook all five of them. <laughs> Why not? Throw out a low score if you get one. So, uh, who's in the running? Do you have any idea? I have no idea. Yeah. Mark would know. Probably. Mark's I, in the I, running. I bet, it's either, I, I bet it's hog addiction or either blue collar um, or either parrot head. Is it parrot head? I think that's, yeah. Or poker porkers. Maybe that's who it is. Austin's in the running. Is he in the running too? Yeah. Okay. Piggy Smalls. Um, anyway, that's going to be it. So, is Cleveland the last of that? I think five it's the contest? last. Okay. And that's kind of the one where they, they got this. I think it's a big wrestling belt or something. Like, yeah. you know, like a professional <laughs> wrestler. Cool. Yeah. They get a belt. I think it's like a. It's an expensive ten thousand, fifteen thousand yeah. dollars. To, I mean, it's a yeah, it's a lick. It's a good lick for cooking some barbecue. So, but if you had been in it, it's too late. But you can still go and see who wins it. Okay. I've heard that that October or, or this Cleveland contest. I think it's the October festival. Is just a fun contest to go to. It's just I've never, and it's not too far from us. It's only like what eighty miles from our house. Yeah, like an hour and a half. Yeah, it's not that bad a drive. I don't yeah. know why it's on October. I guess it's just some. I'm doing something else that weekend usually. Um, oh, it's the same weekend as the Jat. That's the that's what knocks it out because I had asked uh, you know Craig Verhaga, the barbecue ninja, is from Cleveland, and I had done pinned him down. I was like, man, I got this thing going on. You want to come out there and hang out with us, and we're going to cook ribs and show people, how, you know, teach people how to cook ribs in their backyard. That's basically what this thing is. I'm doing. It's not like going over competition class stuff. Yeah. But it's going to be fun. And he was like, man, I'm down. When is it? And I was like, it's Oktoberfest. You know, that big contest. Y'all always do it. And he said, man, that's that's the Jack. He's going to the Jack. So. Yeah, I think this Oktoberfest is not is more than just a barbecue contest. It's a whole festival. Yeah. So there's a lot of other things going on, which those are my favorite kind. Oh, yeah. Small town festivals. What's the, what's the, the hotel there that's supposed to be super nice? The, the Magnolia, I think. Is that what it is? It's something like that. We're supposed to be staying there one night, right? Mm-hmm. And you're, I think you're lighting the grills, doing the lighting of the grill. The inaugural lighting of the grill. Yeah, which is kind of cool. I've never done that before. But if you're interested, uh, October 13th, you can go to the Cleveland, Mississippi uh, Chamber of Commerce website, and they've got all the information, how to sign up and everything. Is there still seats available? Have they capped this, or is it like, I'm i got to sure. kind of have a hard cap. So. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure that out. <laughs> Figure all that out. We'll work logistics out off the air. I'm going to show up and we're going to talk about ribs and we're going to try to have, uh, we're going to have enough ribs for everybody to try them and it's going to be a good time. And that's happening on Friday. The contest is really on Saturday. I'm sure they'll have like some ancillary contest and Friday, you know, Friday night's kind of probably the party night. 
And then Saturday is a serious contest for the NBN side of things, and I'm sure there'll be some party Saturday night there too. So. <laughs> I was told that if, if whoever wins usually throws a big party, they end up hanging out at one of the hotels, and it's supposed to be a lot of fun. Sounds just like right down my alley. <laughs> I'm excited. So last week, like you were saying, we wrapped the podcast. You jumped in the truck, and you were gone. Me and Mikey went down to. Uh, I got invited down to Mossy Oak. They were doing um, – What's Mossy Oak? Mossy Oak is uh, an outdoor brand headquartered in Mississippi, in West Point, Mississippi. Uh, if you've ever heard of Bottomland Camo, that's where, that's where it came from, Mossy Oak Bottomland. And it's just a famous camo pattern, but they've built uh, an empire. <laughs> that's a good it. way to put it. Yeah. They built a, a hunting, fishing empire, outdoor stuff. Uh, right down in Moss, uh, Moss Point, Mississippi, which is not far from your alma mater, West Point. Yeah. Yeah. From, it's not too far from Mississippi State University in Starville. Very close. And they, they, in fact, they're, I guess they're big alums, and yeah. most of the guys that I met down there went to Mississippi State, and they have their own golf course. Like Mossy Oak has a golf course down there, and it's like the, uh, it's the university's golf or their golf teams like headquarters or whatever it is. Yeah. So that's where all those guys, the PGA guys, or what, what do you call them? The PGA. Or no, PGM. PGM, Pro Golf Management. Is that what it is? All those guys, that's where they play and practice and all that. And right across from, right across the street from it's Old Waverly Golf Course, which is a pretty famous golf course for Mississippi. And it was, man, I got to stay there. At uh, Old Waverly? Yeah, Thursday night, I got to stay there. They got, because uh, my buddy that from Mossy Oak asked me if we, you know, if we wanted to spend the night. Because what this was is this was a, they had a golf tournament during the day. And then they had that night, they had a live fire dinner and auction, and they were raising money for, it's really cool, for St. Jude and for an organization called Catch a Dream, which is, um, it's kind of like Make-A-Wish, except it it takes, uh, I guess, terminal kids um, hunting and fishing if they have a, you know, if they have a desire to do something like that. These kids, you know, Make-A-Wish kind of goes in and does other stuff for them. But they don't do the hunting and fishing stuff. So, so, Actually, someone in West Point, I don't think it was from Mossy Oak, but uh, some somebody um, knew this was happening, and they decided to start this whole organization called Catch a Dream. And they had the foresight to say, you know, there's kids out there that want to do stuff like that. And that but they work with Make-A-Wish. And oh, yeah, they work with – yeah, I think they work. And they work with St. Jude. And it was on, a yeah. – you know, it was really – they raised a lot of money. I mean, I'm thinking like well over $100,000 for me. It was crazy. That's awesome. But man, they had some cool stuff. I mean, they were auctioning off hunting trips, and they had. We talked about the dogs last week. They had. Oh man, I could that. I could have got a brand new lab. <laughs> yes, you could have. <laughs> a mossy oak train lab too. Ooh, you know how that'd have been a good dog. Sounds great. Whoever gets that, <laughs> but is going to be can. very lucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somebody won it, yeah. In the so, auction. So what were they cooking, and how were they cooking it? So they had chefs from all over there. Um, there's a restaurant, I think it's in Saskatchewan, Canada, um, called Antler, and the chef S- Saskatchewan, yeah, yeah Canada, the chef really? there. Um, How did I, I met him? I met him in person for the first time there. His name was Michael. I can't recall his last name. I should have looked it up before the. What's the name of the restaurant? Antler, and he's on my Instagram page. If you look, if you can pull up my Instagram page or search him, uh, search for him. So the chef and his um, his buddy from his restaurant came down like several days before. And they actually went out to Mossy Oaks hunting grounds and shot a wild hog and cooked that wild hog there. They had Mossy Oaks barbecue trailer. I mean, it was, you know, it was cool to see an old barbecue trailer. You know, it was all steel and, you know, old school patinaed up rusted stuff. And he was putting it to some use and cooked that whole hog. He also brought down like some uh, uh, bison uh, strip loins. And man, I'm going to tell you what, the hog and the strip loins that that chef cooked was amazing. Amazing. He kept bringing me bites, me and Mikey bites of the whole hog, just trying different parts of the primals. And I was amazed. You know, I mean, I've ate some wild boar, but this was probably some of the best wild boar. You wouldn't, I don't know You're if you would have known. You're not a fan of wild boar. I mean, it's usually, I've, I've cooked it. You haven't it. been in the past. Yeah I've, yeah, I've cooked it and it's, it's, it's not like domestic pork. It's super lean. So, you know, it has a little bit of a gamier taste. I mean, it's okay, but it's really lean. It's, it's really easy to dry out. doesn't have a lot of fat or intermuscular marbling in it. But this hog, I don't know what he, if it was just the low and slow approach he took or whatever, but the meat itself had a, a really, really good flavor. 
And who knows, they may have been feeding it a ton of corn down there. <laughs> may have been a corn-fed wild hog. <laughs> they had it they pinned up a, or something. If you go to know. their um, Instagram, Antler Kitchen Bar is yeah. their handle, all one word. Um, they have a video, uh, a little reels on how they cook that wild hog. Oh, really? Do they? Can yeah. you see the barbecue trailer and everything? I yeah. took some pictures with them. You might see a picture of me on there with them. They just have this video of them cooking the wild hog. So Chef Michael, had he's, he's done a lot. Of, if you go to uh, Mossy Oaks... Um, website or they have like an app where you can watch all their stuff. They have some some uh, cooking videos because part of their things is the Gamekeeper Butcher. And I've done some stuff with the Mossy Oaks Gamekeeper Butcher yeah. where they source wild game meat that you can actually buy. And he comes down and cooks some of that stuff. And he and the, the kicker with that was he's like, man, when are you going to come down and we're going to cook some stuff together? I said, bet. What we are it? doing that. He wants to, yeah, he wants to, he, he said, come up, well, he said to come up there too. So he got invited to go to Saskatchewan. They got some big deer up there. That would be really cool. <laughs> I'd and, love to get and duck hunting. Man, that would be amazing. Is there but, good duck hunting? In yeah, there? that's where all the ducks live. They just come down this way <laughs> for the winter. <laughs> they go back up to Canada. That's like their headquarters, I guess. But yeah, so that was cool. That was just one of the chefs, though. There. Um, How many total chefs do you think they had? Man. I'd probably say a dozen or more. Okay, and yeah. everybody had their own little station. Yeah, there because doing you modifier. had so you had the guys from um, Mexican Gulf, who's a big charter fishing outfit out of Venice, Louisiana. They run like ten big boats down there, so they do a lot of offshore, inshore, everything. I saw that when we went. I saw some of their boats down there, and those guys put some fish on the dock. I'm telling you, and they brought some tuna up, uh, and they were doing like fresh tuna ceviche that had been in the Gulf like the day before. There was uh there was someone doing like they had they set up this like seafood bar inside and it was like a it was like an old wooden boat like you think of a wooden John boat that yeah, size yeah. boat they had like one end of the boat full of shrimp the middle section was the tuna ceviche and the uh, the back end of it was all like fresh shucked oysters and it was just it, that was amazing was somebody standing there and shucking then, them or uh I don't, they had shucked them that day because okay. I had asked I said who shucked all these oysters and. Uh, Craig told me, he's like, man, there's there's a man and woman sit out there and shucked all of them. And then, so they took, I don't know how many they brought, but they, they had these uh, Brio open fire pits. Like you've seen them. It's a fire pit, but you can also cook on it. It's got cooking grates and stuff. Um, that The Brio people were there. And they had, man, I don't know how many pits they had there. Probably eight, maybe, different sizes. Yeah, eight Brios. Yeah, I, it was a bunch. I don't I don't. That might have been six. I think it was eight, though. I think it was like six of the 32 inches, and then they had two big giant ones. They were like prototypes of this new biggest pit they've ever built. And so they would take those oysters, and they had them like on the grates, and they were doing the butter sauce all over the oh, top of them, over the fire. I didn't get one of those. I wanted one. It smelled good. There was so much stuff going on, and I was yeah. just trying to talk to everybody. And, and then people would bring you stuff. Like John Kearns was there from uh, City Grocery, Big Bad Breakfast, Bure, all yeah. those all those restaurants in Huge Oxford. Oxford chef, yeah, yeah he was chef. he was there with his with his crew, and they were doing uh, lamb euros, and those were amazing. That's that's how was he cooking those over? Um, he had Did he have like a leg of lamb. So they, they were skewered, kind of like shawarma. Okay. So I guess it had been marinated and stacked on these spits. And then he had them over the brios, and I guess they had roasted them some kind of way first, kind of got them par cooked a little, and then was finish them off right over the fire, over one of them fire pits. And him, and and Chef John was standing there slicing it off. I, I got a little bit of video of that. I don't know if, if Tyler, if y'all have had a chance to go through it yet, but it was pretty cool. And then so his, they would he would slice it off, and you know how you cut it like a shawarma, you just cut some of it off like yes. the charry, good crispy bits, yes. and there's some raw stuff underneath it or whatever. And they put that back on the fire and let it crisp up. That's what they were doing with these. It was like swords of it, you know, yeah. kind of that like Texas to Brazil style, and that was that was cool. And um, they were sell- serving it off. Oh, uh, they had like it was like a street gyro. That's the best uh, way a little to put baby it. Euro. Yeah, because it was like a little baby pita. How do you find little baby Peter? I don't know. I don't know. If, I'm sure that somebody sells them, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody. <laughs> but they had made up the best tzatziki sauce I'd ever had, and it was they had uh, and he was sprinkling it with like sumac flour, which is some kind of edible flour. I, when I heard sumac, I was like poison ivy, and I think it's in that family, but it's not. So it poison. actually looked like a flour. Yeah, it was like little. You know how dehydrated flowers would look, or something like that. That was part of the flavor, but it made it pop. So you had that. Crispy, charry lamb, oh. and you had that. Uh, I think he had a little bit of vegetable on there, and then he had some um, that tzatziki sauce, and then he had that little sumac over it. That was a 
that was a phenomenal taste because they brought me one of those and uh, barbecue ninja Craig and Victor Knox, Matt, they were there and they did, uh, they were doing talk like street tacos. So he had took some, some wild boar that they had braised and cooked down, smoked and shredded and was mixing it with some tallow beef tallow to keep, you know, to get a little fat back in it. And then he had made up like a, a, a pineapple cilantro lime slaw and then made a sauce to go on it. So they had street tacos. They did, um, you've seen the iron crosses where they do like lambs and goats yeah, and stuff yeah, on a cross. Yeah. And just well, kind of set it beside a fire. Yeah, so that. on those big giant Brio pits, they had, they had rigged those lambs up on those cross, those iron crosses and stuck them. Those little pits have a little, a slot on the outside edge of them where you can put the cross, you know, stick those things around it and they just kind of hang off to the side, but they're getting that heat from it. And so they just mopped them and they had like this mop and big bucket where they were cooking these lambs and slow roasting them. What size do you think the lambs were? Uh, man, they were probably like 35, 40 pounds. Like dress. Yeah. Yeah. They're splayed, they're splayed open and kind of wired up yeah. on this like, I guess it's like not rebar, but something that still rides. It looks like kind of a cross to to hold the shanks out, and so they would take them it's and put them like on a there. Slow roasting. Process. Yeah, yeah, it kind of yeah. is. It kind of is. And so once they cooked them for a little while, they took them off and rested them a little bit. And they, of course, they had this like herb mop that they were just keeping them doused with to keep them juicy. And then and then they still had like a little fat layer on the outside edge. I guess where lambs are fat. Yeah, the only fat on them. And they would take that and lay it right over the hot, like at the very end, right before they were going to cut it all up. They would take it and put it fat side down. That fat would start dripping on those coals, and they would flip it and kind of crust it really good. And then they just cut all that lamb up and served it like that. I didn't really go into where I didn't get any pictures of where they were served because they had a big tent set up where they had all the food set so up. So they were like cooking it outside and taking it in. Yeah, to well, yeah, it was it. kind of to the side a little. Yeah, and and there was just there were so many people. But there was two thousand people there. I don't know how many people there. It was a bunch. How good did it smell? <laughs> oh, it was amazing. That's why I didn't even go over there with the food because I had done tried stuff just, just walking around, around and people handing you stuff. I didn't yeah. need to go in there and eat. I was getting it as it was coming off. And they had I don't know how much salmon they had like on the hash shell. I saw a lot of and salmon they, in they your cooked, picture. Yeah, they were cooking salmon right there. Um, those brios have like this. It's like a metal disc that sits on top of the fire pit, and it gives you about a, I don't know, probably an eight-inch ledge all the way around it. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a flat top, but you still got access to the center fire, and that's what they cook the salmon and the oysters and stuff like that on. Um, you know, those brios are getting, like, really popular. I've heard yeah. a lot of people talk I about them. them back. Because <laughs> I, I, I was like, what are y'all doing with these, man? Because these, these two guys, the, the brio guys were from Pennsylvania. And they had been down to the Ace Show in Florida, or Orlando, and he, I guess they had to pack all that stuff up and ship it to Mossy Oak. And he said they didn't think they were going to get it there in time because they were all down there at Orlando at that other show. And he said, well, you gotta, we got to stay and pack this stuff up and ship it back. And he said, do you want one? And I was like, heck, yeah, I'll take one and cook on it. I said, my wife's <laughs> been wanting the pit because you know you're how you're wanting to make that yeah. fire pit down at the smokehouse outside? This will be perfect for it. You, you just need a, a flat place to set it. So, and I got like two cooking grates for it and I'm supposed to be getting like the little flat top insert thing that sits on top of it. I don't have that yet. So it's just, but it's open a, fire cooking kind of. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it can be a fire pit or you can cook over it. Could you cook steaks? Yeah, definitely. 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 Could you, you put, pretty cook anyone, anything you cook over fire, you could cook on it. So would you put charcoal in there or wood? They were burning wood. Wood. Just, just, just like a fireplace wood, you know? sure it was hickory or oak or something like yeah. that how big's the bowl for the uh, one you think, got i think it's 36 it's 30 it's 32 or 36 okay, yeah, it's pretty good size you can roast marshmallows on it yeah <laughs> all the shmo- all the s'mores you want wieners whatever you want to roast on it you can, you can do use it. it just for a fire pit and yeah. stay warm and then you can actually like cook cook on it yeah yeah you yeah. can actually cook on it but they were i mean they were doing all kinds of, they had quail they were doing there like roasted quail um, a lot of lamb. I was shocked by how much lamb it was, but there's a lot of a lot of lamb. And we were at this ranch, like it was a working cattle cattle ranch. Like they use horses to work the cattle and everything. It was in the middle of kind of no, in the middle of this big. I don't know how many thousands of acres it was in West Point. That's pretty cool. And then you spent the night there. We spent the night there. Whoa. After this event, we went back to that old Waverly Golf Course and we stayed in, or we had a cottage, but. 
Matt was like, hey, y'all want to go down? We got a trot line tournament going on tomorrow. And we got to go check our bait traps. He said, y'all want to go with me? And this was like, I don't know, 11 o'clock, 1130 at night. And I was like, yeah, man. And Mikey was like, yeah, we're going to stay and fish in the trot line tournament. I said, well, we got to go to Arkansas tomorrow. So we almost bailed out on Arkansas to fish this trot line tournament. But he had then talked it up. And I was, you know, he was ready. And did he had, you find out how they did? I know. I told him to send me some pictures and he didn't, I hadn't heard back from him. I got busy and forgot, but I, I want to go to it next year. Because <laughs> evidently there's this creek or something that runs, so there's pretty good size. And so he drove us down there. And it's like, you know how river houses are, the houses on stilts. Yeah. This would have been there since, heck, I don't know. Early, it looked like early 1900s. It looked like an old place, you know. And uh, we went down there and hung out by the river and listened to Matt and Ninja Tail lies. And I <laughs> <laughs> had a good old time. And then and the next of, day, kind of went back and drank whiskey with 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 Chef John. They were still up at the cottage, so we sat there for a little bit and went to bed and got up and drove back. Then Stopped, you went to Arkansas, had a pit stop here, loaded up, refueled, and headed to the World Squirrel Cookoff <laughs> on Friday in Springdale, Arkansas, which is all the way across Arkansas. That's de- northern Arkansas. Yeah, there, it's kind of yeah. north. Northwest Arkansas. It's beautiful up there. You, I don't think you've ever been, have you? Not that far. Man, the the I guess they're mountains you call them or Ozarks up there. Man, and they've got it's just rolling big hills, and you're crossing these canyons on. We call them bridges. I forget what they call them. They, they don't call them Overpasses. bridges. Overpasses. Like and then I actually said. went through a mountain tunnel up there. I've never been through one of those. That was pretty cool. I've heard it's really nice up there, up in the Bentonville area. And we got up there and. There's a big like motorcycle rally, like a bike bike fest going on. Oh, I bet at people Rogers. like to ride and, bikes up there. Yeah, oh yeah. There was tons of motorcycles, and then there's a lot of people just for the squirrel contest. So, how did you hear about the squirrel contest or get invited to the squirrel so, contest? Our friends at Townsend, uh, Townsend Supply over in Melbourne, Arkansas, do a contest every year, and we and we help them sponsor it. Yeah. You know, and it's a uh, they're. Uh, they uh they manufacture spices and seasonings and stuff like up that. Up until this year, we used to go every year and pass, drive around and pass out Bloody Marys. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. juice and stuff in the mornings. Yeah, we had another trip planned this year. We didn't get to, but anyway, they do that contest for Steaks for Sheepdogs, and Steaks for Sheepdogs is an organization uh, set up to feed like uh, police officers and stuff like that. It's kind of like a not an OBR, but kind of along those lines. But anyway, Joe Wilson started it. And Joe Wilson started the World Squirrel Cook-Off. And I met Joe through Townsend Supply. How, so and Joe asked me, he's like, man, do you want to come over to the World Squirrel Cook-Off and judge? And I was like, I never really ate that much squirrel, but <laughs> I'll, yes, sign me up. And then I put it on my calendar a year ago, and lo and behold, I went. <laughs> and it was awesome. I had a blast. It was like a barbecue contest, but all about squirrels. <laughs> So who would have knew? How many uh, people entered? Uh, Do you know how many teams? They had forty, but then five. I think five of them couldn't get any squirrel because you got you got to bring your own squirrels. This ain't like you know they're giving you the squirrels. You got to show up with your squirrels. And so I guess five teams couldn't get any squirrels. Do you have a limit on how many squirrels you got to get? I guess no, but you got to feed six judges. So judges, I guess you need like six. (laughs) <laughs> or three, you could yeah. probably get by with uh-huh. three. Yeah, I mean, I could have got up some squirrels. <laughs> That's the easy. Do you think there's anybody that you know, like wild game butchery? Do you think they have squirrels? No, there's no, there's no. no. There's I've no never seen anybody selling. Yeah, there's no commercial squirrels. Although there's rabbit, so you could do. Yeah. And and you Rabbit's know, Joe, a he's got a Joe's. He called us on the way. And he's like, all right, I need y'all to put your thinking hats on. This is me and Mikey in the truck now. Mikey about Rex. He's dying. Because Joe tells us, he's like, all right, here's here's what I got. I got, I want to say he said 40 uh, FDA-approved test rabbits. <laughs> he said the meat's the byproduct of these rabbits. I don't know what they do with them, but they're clear to eat by the FDA. So he's going to cook those test rabbits. <laughs> and he needed an idea for a recipe. And then he had 85 pounds of iguana, iguanas. Where did he get the iguanas? Down in Florida. Somebody shot him with pellet rifles. And so he had these, He had a big cooler full of skinned iguanas. And then he had a 100-pound Asian jumping carp. Like one fish. It was just one big fish. And it was huge. 
I, I and then he had imagine a hundred pound fish. And so he told me all this because his alligators, his alligators fell through. He had two. He had a buddy in Florida that was supposed to be sending him two like twelve foot alligators, and he was going to cook those. Well, something happened. The guy couldn't get the alligators or couldn't send them. And that's how you ended up with the iguanas and the test bunnies and the, <laughs> and the like, hundred pound Asian carp. I can't get but you then, an alligator, but I got yeah. twelve rabbits. And, and then he told, then he told me, then he began to tell me that the Arkansas Department of Wildlife and Fish had confiscated an alligator from somebody's house. I guess it was a pet. Maybe you can't have those in Arkansas. I don't know. Like I'm, I'm imagining somebody's got this he alligator in an aquarium. That's <laughs> that, not that, like. Took. It's probably what Joe said. He didn't say confiscate. I think he said took. They took they it like, from somebody's oh my house. Gosh, there's and an he said, but it's still alive. So we got to dispatch it, skin it, and then we're going to cook it too. And so all of this happened. Mikey couldn't believe it. He was like, this ain't true. This guy's blowing smoke. He never met Joe. I was like, no. I guarantee you, Joe's a straight shooter. <laughs> He's funny as he can be, but he ain't lying. He ain't lying. <laughs> he might exaggerate a little yeah. bit. Yeah. No, yeah. No, he's, I mean, he's pretty straight up. <laughs> and so we get over, and we get over there, and I guess uh, it's about nine in the morning. The team starts showing up, I think at six, they said. Uh, but me and Mikey didn't roll into about nine and uh, started walking around. And all of them, it's just like a barbecue contest. Everybody's got pop-up tents. You bring your own stuff. Bring their own grills. I saw a lot of like uh, air fryers or the pressure cooker type fryers or deep fryers. Yeah, yeah. Or gr- some some people had grills, but um, you know it was. I I saw the way they had it split up. It was like two tables in the judging, and there was six judges on each table. So you had to cook each entry. Had to cook uh, for six judges. And make six boxes. It was the same box, but you had to do it six times. And so, you, so as a judge, judge you got your own. And so, what box. they did, they took those thirty-five teams and split them between the two tables. So, I was on a table that had seventeen entries. Wow! So you had to try seventeen. Seventeen different squirrel dishes, and I'm thinking, oh, we're going to see a ton of like fried squirrel and gravy, or squirrel and dumplings, or something traditional, like you know, like like we would cook. No, man, it was. It was like the first, the very first entry I have. I took pictures of all seventeen of the ones I did, so we could probably. Well, I think you shared some of them already. Yeah. But the very first one I had, they had taken a pineapple, like a half a pineapple, and quartered out some, and they had made this like, almost like a general Sal's squirrel dish, chicken, but it was squirrel. It was like in this kind of sweet and spicy Asian sauce. It had some peppers in it and. The squirrel was kind of cut up. You would never known it was squirrel. It was tender. It was delicious. And then they did like a Thai fried rice to because they had to do a, a squirrel dish and a side dish to go with it. And then you had to judge them on how well they they were both judged individually, but they you had to judge them on how they paired together. And you were supposed to use squirrel in both. Oh, so but they had to pair together. Yeah, and they yeah. were supposed so you couldn't do like chili and I don't know. Spaghetti. Yeah. You know, you couldn't do two things like that. Although spaghetti's to... a side dish in Mississippi. I don't know <laughs> if it is anywhere else. You, spaghetti goes with anything. But you couldn't do an Asian and a. Yeah, yeah. That wouldn't tie, but yeah. you could do a, a fried rice and that Asian squirrel yeah. or, you know, that kind of that squirrel. Or you could do, um, oh, we, I saw a squirrel wonton. I saw squirrel egg rolls. I, I had squirrel pizza. I had squirrel tamales. That was the squirrel pizza. Uh, Really, really good. The only problem I had with that dish, it was it was it was awesome, the pizza itself. But they had served it uh, in their uh, to go box, you know, the blind box. Mm-hmm. It was full of like peanuts and pretzels and candy corn. And st- I guess stuff would make you think a uh, squirrel would eat. It was all on bottom. Uh, well, they okay. laid a big piece of pizza like right in the middle of the box, and when you tried to pick it up, all that stuff stuck to all over it. I was like, man, I don't want to eat these peanuts and candy corn. Yeah. And so I kind of got my fork and knife and got me some of it out and scraped that stuff off. And the pizza itself was awesome. I think I mean I scored that one pretty well. You just had I didn't to gig them too it. hard on yeah. on the fact that all that stuff was stuck to it. But. So you hadn't told me about the iguana and the that was all going on while I was judging. So. And the test rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Mark Lambert was there. He judged with me, but he was the one that cooked all the test rabbits. <laughs> they <laughs> imagine Did that. Did they come like I don't know. Yeah, I imagine they were skinned. Okay. The other uh, rat, the man that brought the rabbits, judged on my table too. So 
I guess he gets a lot of test rabbits. Yeah. What do you uh, think they're doing? Like dropping stuff in their eyes and stuff or seeing what different. I really want to think about it, to be honest. <laughs> oh, no, that's <laughs> perfume. <laughs> Spraying them with like Axe body I spray. I really don't want to think about it. See? I'd like to think they were just really good tasting bunnies. <laughs> and I don't know. Joe might have stretched that. Maybe they weren't test rabbits. Maybe they were just farm raised rabbits for meat. But everybody loved them. They were. They fried the iguana. I did they see that. They deep fried the iguana whole. Because I looked it yeah. up. Yeah. I didn't get to taste the any of that stuff because I was inside eating squirrel. So I missed out. <laughs> and, and, but I heard I heard the, the Asian carp fish. They yeah. made fish tacos with it. or And they, fry, and they fried it. And Mikey, Mikey tried all of it. He said, man, that fish was good. He said, people are missing out. Because we you know we got a problem. These are invasive species now. Those fish, Carp. they have taken over the river, and they they're the fish that if you see when boats run through, they jump out and they can hit you in the air. Mm-hmm. And there's guys that shoot them with bows and try to catch them and stuff. But there's no like nobody tries to fish for them because it's a junk fish. But people think that you don't think to eat them. But uh, man, they, they said they were really good. It was a real white flesh fish. Um, even know, though it was a hundred pounds, even though it was a hundred pounds, they said it was so you, good. Did they cut cut it into now that's a big nuggets? One. I guess that's what they did. Yeah, they just chopped it up, cut it up and into battered pieces and fried, and fried it, it, fried it, and made tacos yeah. with it. Yep, I think the iguana they were uh, shredding it up and putting it in some sort of jambalaya. Oh, that so? Oh, a gumbo? Maybe that because I think they did make gumbo. a big pot. Of, they call it stew or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they did that. And the, what Lambert did was a rabbit fricassee. It was kind of like rabbit and gravy. Big pot, and that might have been, they might have added that iguana to the rabbit pot. I don't know. <laughs> I heard the iguana was kind of fishy tasting. I can see that. Yeah. So I don't know about eating iguana. I mean, I'd try it, but it wouldn't be my first choice. I've tried gator. I mean, can, how different can it be yeah, than gator? Yeah. And gator's like that if you don't get all the fat off of it. It has it has a really, you know, fishy-type, swampy flavor, dirty flavor. They also had other things going on. They had like a squirrel skinning contest. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I, I got to see the video of it because once again I was inside and all that was going on. But they had so they had to who could skin a squirrel the fastest, and they did it like in rounds. So, <laughs> so they had some squirrels. Now they were dispatched, <laughs> but you got a squirrel, and if you needed whatever knife you needed, you brought, and they raced to see who could get the hide off and you know clean the entrails out of it. As fast as they could, and then they, and them juggers had it down. I'm talking about under. I mean, under a minute. I mean, it was it was rocking and rolling. So then, like you made yeah. Once you passed, so you basically round. raced somebody, and then you moved on to the next round, and then you raced to it. You know, and all the ones that made it to that first round did it second time, and third round they crowned a champion. And then yeah. they had the world's hottest squirrel eating contest. That one, oh my god, I feel <laughs> sorry for those guys. See, I saw that video. When we got there, Joe said, I got this lava sauce. So the reason why they did this is because last year, like everybody that was in the hot squirrel eating contest finished the squirrel and it wasn't no problem. Yeah, it wasn't as hot. And so Joe said, I contacted his buddy, I think he was from, I think he said Missouri, Kansas City, maybe somewhere like that, Yeah, that grows these insanely hot different varieties of peppers. And he made this what he called lava sauce, and it looked it was oh, ungodly. Thick. The guy said he couldn't even hardly stir it. And he was there, and he was like, "Oh, that's killing me." <laughs> I mean, it looked yeah, it looked like my you know, Mikey will try just about anything hot. He said he wouldn't touch that stuff. He but, could smell it. So what they did, they had these whole squirrels cooked, and I don't know how they cooked them. I guess they, I don't think they were fried. I think they, they no, they uh. Bold. Yeah. It looked like it had been bold. They like might have been pressure squirrel. cooked or something. But And then they took them and dumped them in that sauce. And they had them in a to-go box and then poured more of that sauce on it. And it had these giant peppers in there with it. And you had to eat the whole squirrel. That was the thing. To me, just the squirrel eating contest is enough. Yeah, just nothing. Yeah, no sauce. You put ketchup on you, you know, whatever. Eat a whole eat a squirrel. squirrel. Let's see. Eat a squirrel the fastest. <laughs> well, you had to eat it with that hot lava sauce on it. And these guys were like slinging that. Mikey said they were eating it, and they were just like getting all over them, slinging it all over the crowd, and just trying to eat this oh. stuff. And the guy that was like, there was one entry. And I think there were six people. They had six squirrels they were going to do this for, so they took six volunteers. Whoever signed up first six, and the guy was there was one guy that was talking so much trash about how he could eat anything hot and all that. And he was Mikey said he was the first one that tapped out. It was like <laughs> it wasn't long at all. And then how it usually goes. Yeah, yeah, and so it got down to maybe two. One person clearly won it. But Mike, but they all 
lost. There was, <laughs> I mean, for real. That these guys like were crying. I mean, grown men, tough squirrel eating men. <laughs> Was crying and just couldn't stop burning, and they didn't have all they had. There was some water for them. They didn't have milk or anything that you yeah. see. I mean, I felt sorry for. I bet you they're still hurting today. And here we are, four or five days from <laughs> this was Saturday, and we're sitting here. <laughs> I mean, that's it was nuts. That was I was. There's no way I'd have done that. No, I'm not. I'm not down for hot challenges. No, I've done my Mm-mm. one there. I'll try squirrel. I'll try iguana. I'll try stuff. But so squirrel is fantastic protein. It is. How good. would you describe? Um, dark meat chicken. Dark meat chicken. I mean, it's a I little. Dark meat I mean, yeah, you you really would like. <laughs> you would really really like it. The way I mean, some of these ways I had it. So I will say this, show I did not see any recipe cards where anybody used anything with squirrel and mayonnaise. Nothing. So if nothing, if you could come up with a squirrel recipe using blue plate mayonnaise, squirrel salad. What? Uh, so what are you thinking? <laughs> so blue plate, like it's like potatoes. chicken salad, but yeah. with squirrel. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> you said it was like dark meat chicken. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. <laughs> Let me think. So what if you did? Okay, here's one for you. Alabama or Mississippi white sauce, blue oh, plate mayo on squirrel. Yeah. I bet white sauce, man, may blue plate based would go great on a squirrel. I got it. I'm gonna have to talk to Joe about this and, and see what he thinks. <laughs> he gave me a hard time about cream cheese. Why? In blue plate too. He's like, you can't cook without blue cheese and cream. Or no, he, he said all your recipes on TikTok's got uh, blue plate or cream cheese in it. Don't it? Ain't that the big ones? And I was like, well, people like simple stuff, Joe, and blue plate's the best. So. <laughs> Anyway, it was cool. What he has a problem with mayonnaise? No, no, no. He loves mayonnaise. I'm sure he loves blue plate. <laughs> Call he him just, up. He just thought I would appreciate well. if some entries had cream cheese, and and believe it or not, so a lot of them did have cream cheese in it. I bet they did. So you they probably why? had some blue plate in some of them, don't you think? You know why? Because people love cream yeah. cheese. Well, let me tell you about the best recipe I had. This one was actually the first place winner. They had taken um, a squirrel like quarter. So it kind of had its like, you know, leg and think leg and thigh. That's kind of the way this was. And however, I don't know how they cooked it. Um, it was as tender and juicy the meat was. So it was on the bone. Still? It was on the bone still on the bone, and they had taken. They called it a steak. I want to say steak Roxanne, or something. I'd have to go back and look at my pick. But it said not to be confused with steak Diane. No self-respecting hillbilly would use cognac in anything or even drink it. We use bourbon. And so there was like a bourbon kind of cream sauce that was spiced up. And so you had um, you had this perfectly cooked squirrel quarter with that sauce over. And they did a, a Minnesota mushroom wild rice. And that was, I guess. What makes it a Minnesota mushroom? Oh, wild, mu- Minnesota mushroom. wild rice, I guess is what it oh. was. The oh, mushrooms okay. were in it. Or I don't know. Maybe the mushrooms came from Minnesota. <laughs> That's what it said on the yeah. card. I was a little, you know. I mean, I like the Vikings, so I was okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and they also did um, squirrel mincemeat pie, and it was like um, a little hand pie, like a folded like grandma over. Would make. Yeah, 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 like a little kind of fritter pie, fried pie, like and a it, mini calzone. Yeah, 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 basically. <laughs> but it was glazed with their local. I think these guys were from Kentucky, which kind of when I found that out, I was like, why the Minnesota tie in? But anyway. They had glazed it with the honey and vanilla bean glaze over this so little pie. So was it a sweet pie? So it was sweet, but when you tasted it, it was savory, and it just blended. So with the tenderness of the squirrel, perfectly cooked, and that sauce and the rice that went with it and that bite, it blowed you away. And they had decorated their box with, like, oak leaves, and it was just – it looked – it was like – you could tell it was to the tens. Yeah. It was really, really good. And that was the consensus entry out of all 17 that we had, everybody at my table – had you know we knew that, that, that was going to be yeah. the one that was once you tried it and then we were kind of you know you get through you got this whole box of stuff and so you just take a box you got to try 17 of them you can't eat it all and so we pass it on and you, they would let you take it with you if you wanted to but i was like mikey try this mikey try this and then other yeah. people was passing you stuff from the other table to try this if it was really good and so the, the whole judging thing was was really really ran really good um I noticed some of the pictures you showed me, like they could actually decorate the inside of their box. Yeah. Yeah. They would like list out exactly what the name of it was. And you had to put in, that was, that was a pretty so cool thing no too. There was no rules like that. They had the, the rule that there was, yeah, you could garnish with anything you wanted. Um, you had to give an index card 
with what your squirrel dish was and what your side dish was because it could be anything. And so it felt like if you you wouldn't know if somebody turned in something, yeah. a tamale. I mean, you could probably guess it was a tamale, but they'd really need to explain what they did. And that was pretty cool. So, I mean, it wasn't – I mean, I don't know if there was some – I think there was a lot of maybe chefs and stuff out there cooking, but this was some serious – Serious competitors. It was it a serious redneck yeah. event. Yeah, it was a serious <laughs> redneck event. Yeah, they even had their own squirrel beer there. Like one of the local <laughs> breweries had bottled up some. It's called Squirrel Brawl. <laughs> How was it? I didn't get to try it. Yeah, I was not. I was trying not to mess my palate. I mean, I didn't. <laughs> need, I didn't need any beer squirrel. that day. Yeah, I didn't yeah. need any beer that day. I'd had some the day before. <laughs> and the day before. <laughs> the one, and the day before. Yeah, three days. No, no, no bueno. <laughs> But would you go back? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I hope they're not the same weekend. That was the hard part. Like we were on the road. I mean, yeah, it pretty was pretty much your yeah, the whole weekend yeah, was yeah. traveling. We spent a lot of time in the truck. But, and you kind of double backed. You went one direction, then you yeah, went the other direction. Yeah. But it was a good time, man. We didn't have no issues. Um, all the stuff we tried was good. To go to a contest like that where it's something totally different, I mean, it was fun. And getting to judge it, I mean, Oh, also, so um, the meat, one of the meat eater guys that has a podcast, he's uh, Clay Newcomb. He does one called Bear Grease, and he hunts, uh, he's a big bear hunter over in Arkansas, but he hunts a lot with Steve Ranella from Meat Eater, and he's part of that whole Meat Eater crew. Um, he was there, and he did his podcast. Like, a, he does, uh, after he does a podcast, he'll do what he calls the render. Yeah. which is when you sit down and you just talk about your podcast or whatever, or whatever, get in more depth basically. And I got asked to sit in with those guys on it. So they had this, you know, America's best small game hunter was there. I guess he's world renowned squirrel hunter, small game hunter. Um, he was there got him. Brent Reeves was there. He's another one of the meteor guys that does another podcast with them. And then uh, of course, Joe sat in on it. And there was another guy from that had an Ozark park podcast. I don't, I can't remember his name, but so I got to sit in with them on that. Has that talk aired squirrels. yet? <laughs> talk I, squirrels. I don't know, but it was, it was cool. You know, it was cool to talk with those guys. And I mean, you what know, y'all talk Did you talk about cooking squirrels or eating squirrels or all of it? We <laughs> talked about squirrel dogs. The, the, the one guy that showed, I think what was his name? It was Ken, Ken Murphy or something like that. Um, he he uh, brought his squirrel dog with him, and the dog was in the podcast. And the whole time, it's you know running around, jumping up on Joe and on the couch where they're sitting. <laughs> and, I mean, it was it was cool. I had a blast. I really did. I had a blast over there in Springdale. That's one, and it was at a, it was at like um, one of their state. Uh, it's almost I wouldn't say a museum, but they had a lot of stuff, kind of uh, science or nature displays and animals and stuff on the inside of it. So you think about the the Natural Science and History Museum down in Jackson on a little bit smaller scale, but they're they're all about quail habitat. So they had some live quail there that they were and they were trying to work on the grounds there to, to, I guess I don't know how many acres they have, but they're working on quail habitat. So all that stuff was interesting. Just so you know, I did find a website that sells squirrel meat. You can really? buy one squirrel for ninety nine dollars. No way. <laughs> I'm the wrong big dude. That is good to know. Well, they, $100 a squirrel? What kind of squirrels are these? You can. This one's funny to me. Uh, you can either get whole squirrel oven ready or whole squirrel in fur. How much is a fur squirrel? <laughs> that one's unavailable. They don't have the prices. Oh, I can get them something. <laughs> You can put Michael to work. You get a box of BBs <laughs> for what, like 10 bucks? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, they had a pellet uh, rifle. They had a squirrel shooting contest there. They had like a little range set up, and they had these pellet rifles where they were, you know, having a competition so you could shoot the best. So that was pretty cool. They had some pack goats there. These monster goats. Have you ever seen a 250-pound goat? I don't even believe they, that's real. Yes, it was. I saw it with my own eyes. That's like a bear. I think Mikey got a video of it. We were standing there, and the guy was talking about it, and the goats were like on this tethered to this cable and so I said, let's go over and look at this, this joke is big right here and so they got these packs on them and what they use them for is like if they're going on hunting trips up in the hills or the mountains um they take wounded warriors hunting and stuff like that or different things and they use these goats to haul their stuff they'll put they got these like saddle bag things they put hang on them and then pack them down and the goats go up the mountain with them so 
But they, this one, I've he, seen them do like donkeys and llamas. I've seen, and yeah, I've like seen that. them use alpacas. Yeah, alpacas. I've seen them, I've seen them use donkeys and things like that. But who knew yeah. goats? I mean, I think I have seen them use goats. goats would clear the not. trail for you. Them truckers will eat anything. <laughs> As me and Mikey were standing there, I was more interested in the goat than dude talking. There was this like box where they had brought their tent and stuff on the ground. I said, "Watch this! That goat's gonna eat that box." And he picked it up, and that goat just went to town eating their box up. Before Duke could get over there, he done ate about half the box. <laughs> I was like, he'll eat that cable. He'll eat anything. <laughs> they will eat anything. So you had a you had a crazy busy week. I had a real yeah, I had a good time. It was I didn't get to I didn't cook anything last weekend. Yeah, actually, I, when I got back home, I meal prepped me some chicken. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only thing you cooked. <clears throat> that was the only thing I cooked. Yeah. Uh, but tomorrow, we're filming and cooking tomorrow. Yeah, we got a couple of videos we're going to knock out tomorrow at Smokehouse. Um, I'm excited because Mark has told me he's got this new wing recipe. and He calls it a sushi wing. And it's not going to be a raw wing, I promise you. Yeah. I wouldn't touch it. But it's, that is kind of I misleading. Think he's, yeah, I yeah. think he's taking the flavors you would associate with like a sushi roll and doing it with a hot wing. And he won the first time he did it. He did it in a contest and he won with it. So he's like, "You got to try this. You got to try this wing. It's awesome." So he's going to make that wing for me, and I'm going, you know, show me how to bake it. And then we're going to do kind of like we did that brisket uh, video that me and him did a month or so ago, where the we just sit down and sit and talk, almost podcast style, where we talk about cooking ribs. Yeah, all the and then steps. we're going to cook. I think we're. I think me and him just kicked it around. I think we're going to cook ribs three ways. What? We're gonna do well. Well, I mean, just kind of a. It's gonna be a dry rib, a wet rib, and then like a savory TXE style rib. Okay. Yeah, and I mean, it's gonna be super simple. I mean, the, there's, it's not like it's basics of ribs. So, I mean, are you cooking them on different? Uh, no, we're probably cook. It's only three slides. We're cooking on the same pit. Oh, okay, you're yeah. just doing three slides. Yeah. three different. Yeah, ways. we're just you know you want sauce one. You want I mean one of them just gonna get seasoned and cooked and probably not even wrapped. And you can tell the difference in them. Like when you're cooking ribs, I mean, if you want them super tender and all that, we wrap them up. But if you just want them perfect, like a good savory eating rib, you don't have to wrap them. It's it's easy. So that's kind of you know what what I'm going for in that video. And it, but it probably it'll take it several weeks to go through production on it, Tyler. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> that one won't release very soon. But the wing one, I hope to get out here in a week or so. But we should have a rib video coming out. But they're totally different. It's so I know I don't know if everybody out there's seen it, but I, I it's been a thing on like some TikTok or shorts, yeah, where people were doing ribs, but they would cut them up into individual bones and cook them, and that was new to me. I've never done it because I assumed they would dry out and they, and they basically be that good. essentially grill them yeah. instead of smoke them. That's right. It's, it's, it's all you're doing really. It's pretty much fat speed cooking some individual bones or ribs, and I used the baby back ribs, and I'm gonna tell you. Phenomenal. They were really good. They were really good. It's it's great for a party. So like, walk me through the steps of cooking a party rib. So yeah. first, I, I start, like how you call them party ribs because <laughs> they are party ribs. Yeah, it's party rib. So I did baby back ribs. Just take them out of the pack, jerk the membrane off the back, cut them into individual bones. And I did this with my deep fried rib too. But same way, cut them up into individual bones, and you end up with 12, 13 bones out of a full rack. So, um, and then season them, whatever you want. I used hot rub all on the outside, every side of them. And then the cook them, um, I used the Weber with my charcoal vortex. And y'all have seen me use it for wings or for other things. It's kind of, it's a way of indirect high heat cooking. Yeah. Because you're not directly over the coals, but that the vortex gets the, the air moving and the heat generated in that in your grill so much that it's you know ra- good radiant heat that they'll cook stuff pretty quick, and we're talking hour and forty hour and forty five minutes. These ribs are done, and so all I did was like spread them out around the outside edges of the vortex. Every you know fifteen minutes, I'd kind of move the di- the lid a little bit to where the vent would be just pointed in a different direction to let. Is that important when you're uh, cooking with a vortex? I don't know how important. I always do it. Of- it keep, it kind of keeps me on my toes for time. Yeah, just to watch things. Because you do need to watch things, and it makes sense that. that, however, the air the air is coming up into the dome of the Weber from the vortex or whatever grill you're cooking on. If your vent stays in the same spot, it's going to kind of draw to that side. So whenever you move it, 
it's kind of equalizing that all the ribs get some of that direct kind of pull yeah. heat out of it. It's would that create your hot spot? I would say that would probably be the hottest yeah. spot wherever your vent is. Okay. And so those would okay. have cooked probably way too fast if I'd have left it just in that same position. So that's my thinking on it. Um, and you know, I've never tested it. That's just a theory, but yeah. I would say no, it, it makes sense. sense. Yeah. It makes sense to me. It's got a draw. Yeah, it's got a draw, and that's yeah. where the heat would draw to the most. But um, the main thing is you've got that radiant dome action th- throwing the heat down on everything that's out towards the edges of the grill and two slabs or baby backs fit perfect on there it really did like i probably couldn't have got another i mean you know you might have could have finagled them but it was perfect i was skeptical you couldn't have got another slab no no there's no way you could have got yeah. another slab but um it worked out and i flipped them you know i, I can't remember if i flipped them every 15 minutes every or 30 every 30 minutes yeah. i just let them roll flipped them over let them roll so about an hour mark i started looking at them and it took an hour and a half, and they were pretty much where I wanted them. Which was temp wise, they were right around two hundred degrees internal, and I was probing them. And then I threw together a sauce, and so I was since I was kind of called them party ribs. I was like, what if I did like just kind of a little Asiany inspired? I was, you know, I was thinking that's your favorite. Yeah, well, I was thinking Asian, yeah. my own version of an Asian zing from Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah, that's kind of what I went for. So I took some brown sugar, I took some sriracha, I took some rice wine vinegar, some hoisin, which is kind of like a you know, Asian barbecue sauce, pretty much. Uh, some soy sauce, I put some ginger in there, and some cayenne, or red pepper flakes, and a little green onion. Simple. And started up, didn't heat the sauce up or nothing, just mixed it up with a fork really, really well, just to kind of, the sugar kind of dissolves in it, you know. And then I, the heat gets Yeah, it. and then yeah. I painted it on each, each rib bone. Let it go about five, six minutes, flipped them over, did the same thing to the backside, and they're glazed all over. It's not like they a super look heavy. Really? Oh, good. man, they, they're beautiful. And then it was like, okay, let's try them. Let's see how these are. And I was expecting them to be, I was expecting them to be a lot tougher or, you know, because you cut this rib and all the juice is going to escape from it. Yeah. Man, they were juicy, they were tender. I mean, they weren't as tender as a slab of ribs that you slow no, smoke. No, they but weren't. But they were perfectly tender. They were way tender than a, a chicken wing, yeah. I thought. And it had, man, the flavor. You got that grill flavor from being close to the coals but not directly over them. It was really good. And you got that little fat. The fat on, fat. The, on the rib got crispy, so you got that texture. And you don't get that when, when <clears> you're smoking a you know a whole slab. It kind of reminds me, like, if you've seen basket of ribs on a on an appetizer menu at a sports bar. Yeah. It, that's what it reminded me of, <laughs> something like that, a rib basket ribs or something. I but thought, I think party ribs is pretty pretty accurate. I thought they were delicious. Um, and you could have used any sauce. You could have used barbecue. Oh, meat. yeah. That would be really good to do several buffalo. different sauces. You could do, oh, buffalo style? I bet that would be really good. You could do them just like wings, like cook them and then toss them in sauce yeah, sauce yeah, at yeah, the yeah. end. Yeah. I like glazing it on because it kind of gets charry. But I tell you which one would be really good is that firecracker wing sauce or firecracker chicken sauce I yes. do on those ribs would be dynamite. It's kind of like a sweet vinegary. Yeah, that's all it is. Spicy. It's like vinegar, brown spicy, sugar, yeah. and red pepper. There's nothing to it. It's a simple one of the simplest sauces I've ever made. And it's really because it's sticky it's like four and, and sweet. Five yeah, yeah. But it makes a really good glaze. But you could do sure. anything with it. I just. I don't know. I was craving the little Asian zing that day. It, that's a really good appetizer football food. It is. Yep. Yep. But after you eat two, three of those, it's yeah. it'll fill you up. It really would. So you're talking about two slabs, like you know, would feed. I would say ten people probably. Yeah. You know, if you got a party for ten, I'd serve that. And then time if you threw in some wings to go with it, and because that dips. made sense to me. Because you could do the wings and ribs. You might have to reload your vortex with a little coal, but it wouldn't take no time to. You know, to get the grate, move it, and put some more coals in there, let it get hot again, and put your wings on, and they'll cook in about 35 minutes. So you've got you've got some really good food. Yeah, throw some dips in the in the mix. Some dips? You're good to go. What do you think of them, uh, Tyler? I thought they were really good. That was like the first time I broke my diet for any food, <laughs> and it was well worth it. Yeah. <laughs> Super good. Don't tell Ashley. It was hard to. Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> it was hard to stop eating, though. Yeah, I was hungry, and they were there, and I was like, well, "I'm looking forward day. to these Mark's wings tomorrow." Do you think they're going to be as good as yeah, Mark and Cook? Yeah, that's what they got. That's <laughs> yeah. what they got. Mark and Cook. Shout out to them, man! They went up to Murfreesboro last weekend and won grand. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. 
Heck yeah, that's a huge deal. They won grand with their rib, right? They cook, They won first place hog by a long shot, and they won first place ribs, and they granded with the rib when they got to finals with it. And that's a huge contest, oh, yeah. big contest. Big so. time. They got several of the blown glass apples. They got the big carved hog. And it's really two years in a row because, you know, they went up there the year before as Team Outlaw and won it that that year too. So they're they're killing it. Well, next week we will not be. Unfortunately, we're going to have to miss a week on the podcast. Yeah, we will be in Houston. No, Dallas. Dallas. I get my text. We're going to Vid Summit, which is a YouTube creators conference. And Tyler could probably tell you more about it than I. Me and him went last year. Yeah, so it's kind of the idea that YouTubers can share knowledge and information with each other. So there's tons of different like seminars and different things like that that we're going to go try to learn, like innovating, better videos, innovating the channel. Yeah, and like yeah. you know, changing things up and things that are the current trends and things like that. So who are you most excited about seeing? I don't know, man. Like all the ones last year were people that I didn't know who they were. Like people yeah. I'd never heard of as the people I learned the most knowledge from. I yeah, that's, like so. that's what I told Shell. What was the Patty guy's name? Uh, Patty Galloway. He, he he impressed me sitting in on his his talk. It was really interesting. Yeah, Mr. Followed. Beast is cool. I mean, yeah, Mr. Beast will be yeah, there. Mr. I mean, he's Mr. YouTube. Yeah. The best part of that whole conference to me is that you can literally like I was sitting in a chair next to a guy and we were talking for a while. You could just be sitting there talking to a guy. And I think something came up. He was like, what's your channel name? And I was like, oh, I work for How to Barbecue Right. And he was like, oh, cool. I was like, what's your channel? He's like, oh, I have a Minecraft channel. I have 17 million subscribers. So <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. 17 million. Definitely. Oh, <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. You're, we're super small. Today, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, like irrelevant. <laughs> oh, you only have a million point seven. <laughs> but every, everybody's there for the same purpose, and it's a, it's a cool conference. So looking forward to it. But that'll take us. We're going to eat at what week. restaurant are we going to eat at? The ranch. At, that's what I'm excited about. You got reservations for us at this place. They have a feast. This is why I'm excited. Did, did you see it, Tyler? It's like so. what's it called? Uh, y'all need to look that up Hold real on. quick. It's the not steak lovers feast, but maybe it's the ranchers feast or something. I want I want you to look it up. I'm pulling it up right I'm now. I'm ordering this. We're probably all going to share it, but while she pulls that up, the the favorite thing I saw on this menu was they had like a cowboy wagyu ribeye or something like that. Yeah, uh, served with like a towel, uh, bone marrow butter, I think, or something like that. On it. are you getting it? I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I could do all that. I might have to share that with some. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, it's a cowboy feast. Cowboy feast. Thirty three ounce. Uh, they're calling it a wagyu tomahawk ribeye. A bar in. What's a bar in? I don't know. Okay. 30, 33 ounce wagyu tomahawk. Is that the ranch it came from? A bar in? Yeah. Um, 33 ounce rib, uh, tomahawk ribeye wagyu. Eight ounce roasted garlic stuffed filet. Keep on. A 12 ounce Angus charbroiled strip. That's what I'm talking. Pork belly burn ins. Get me excited, chill. <laughs> Mesquite grilled golf shrimp. Yes, and then you surf and turf. <laughs> yeah, and then you get four sides. So this is meant for to feed the table. Yes. Yeah, we're getting that, Tyler. That we're going to make a TikTok. We're going to make a video before we go in. Tell them what we're going to go get, and we're going to go in and have them service that, <laughs> and we're going to gnaw on the bone. <laughs> <laughs> Do you funny. want me to tell you the price tag? What is it, five hundred dollars? Two seventy four. No way, that's it. Wow. That's a steal. I was like, Memphis Barbecue Company's big feast is like two hundred. You get all really? that for two hundred and seventy five dollars? Does it like the big Texan? If you can eat it, you get it free? Uh there is no disclaimer on that. Okay. <laughs> that you there's no way you could eat all that no, for there's one no person. Way. You freaking you'd have to leave me in Dallas for a month. That's just uh what's thirty three plus eight plus twelve? Eight and twelve is twenty and thirty three is fifty three, right? So that's just 53 ounces of Oh, you can do 53 beef. ounces, right? Plus your pork belly burn-ins, plus your gold shrimp. shrimp. Yeah. And uh, some of that's bone. And four sides. Yeah, some of that's bone. You know. <laughs> some of it, it is. You do have a tomahawk. I've done an eight-pound burrito before. I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> have you really had an eight-pound burrito? Yeah. The whole thing? The whole thing. How sick were you? It was really sick. <laughs> it was disgusting. Like, I'm, I don't know if you've ever ate as much as you can feel when you try to swallow, like you can feel the food at the top of your throat. Like it's nothing yeah. more yeah, can yeah. go down. That's yeah. where you are. You're yeah. forcing its burrito down. I was, I did it. I was like 14. It was great. I, I don't yeah. understand. 
I don't, I don't understand know. these challenges. I think I think <laughs> between the five of us, we could be able to tackle the cowboy feast. I think we could. They have a smashed wahilo lime potatoes. That's interesting. Yeah. It's going to be spicy and peppery yeah. smashed potatoes. Zesty. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to feast it up next week. <laughs> One night. One night. I got to try that cowboy feast. You can't go somewhere that's got something like that on the menu and not try it. <laughs> well, Mount, that's all I have for you. All right. Well, hey, no, we didn't get to any questions or anything from the community, so we'll do that next time. But we won't be here next week. Yes. So it'll be two weeks and we'll be back with a podcast. Yep. Oh, and unfortunately, I won't be on Rempy this week, but uh, I think Mark's going to take my spot. So y'all tune in to the Barbecue Central show Tuesday night. It's my normal segment time. And I think Mark's got it, or Greg's going to line it up with Mark to come on there. They're probably going to talk about the Hall Cook and Murfreesboro or some of yeah, that, see what else is going on. But that'll be cool. He's been tearing it up with that rib. Yeah, but... man, the rib and the hog. Yeah. He's been doing really good. So, Tyler, you want to tell them about the community? Yeah. So, if you guys want to join a like minded community of awesome people, make sure y'all head on over to facebook.com forward slash group forward slash H2Q community, where you can join up, you can share pictures, you can share recipes, you can comment on other people's stuff, and you can ask us questions that we answer on the podcast. Usually on a weekly basis this week, we kind of got a little long winded. So, oh. take it off. If you'd like to connect with Malcolm, it's How to BBQ Ride on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and of course, YouTube. If you'd like to connect with me, it's Miss Southern Shell on Instagram. All right. Well, we will be back in two weeks. Appreciate y'all hanging out with us today. We gone.